Oh, yeah. Now Sorry. you're ready to go. Oh, 40 minutes oh, after the... Blame oh. Hideo Kojima. Don't blame me. I will blame Hideo Kojima. It's ridiculous. Which was started I agree at 10.30. With you. Listen, I've been watching a cutscene since 9.45. That is, that is an episode of television. <laughs> it was more than... It was like an hour-long cutscene. That's an episode of Game of Thrones. Rest in peace. <sighs> I'm just... I'm really sad. This is going to be our cold open. Oh. How meta. Hmm. Hi, I'm Big Nakuma. And I'm Audio Nerd 64. And we uh. are your game of friends. I was looking for more of a reaction. Oh, oh, um, wow, how beautiful. Yay. Thank congratulations. You. Thank you. I was inspired by Beyonce. Uh, Beyonce? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, if you know, you know. Logging on, we're discussing CD Projekt Red, Pokemon Home, The Sims 20th Anniversary, some studio shakeups, The Division 2 Warlords of New York, Warcraft 3 Reforged, The Untitled Goose Game, and Flashpoint. In these past two weeks in Nerddom, we're getting into The Witcher, Crisis on Infinite Earths, Birds of Prey, Doctor Who, Mythic Quest, Disney Plus updates, Doctor Strange, and I ripped the Joker a new one when we talk about the Oscars. It's going to be great. Finally, on the home screen, we're talking Apex Legends, Death Stranding, The Division 2, and PUBG. What a list. It's like we're playing games again. Oh, my God. Oh, Although I didn't. Three of those are me. Life is hard when you have a new job. All right, CD Projekt Red. Yeah, the first few stories are all updates of things we've already kind of talked about. When we were discussing the cyberpunk delay, the rumor was that last-gen consoles, the original Xbox One, the original PlayStation 4, but mostly the Xbox One, apparently, were just not able to run the game. And so Mm -hmm. that was why there was this delay. Well, CD Projekt Red has come out and said, no, that's not why. It didn't have anything to do with it. Who knows what the truth is? But they also didn't say what the delay was. Not that I really care because it's still going to be delayed until September, and it probably is because they need to optimize it for the consoles. I just don't, don't understand the response at all. Yeah, they basically said there's a lot of reasons why it was delayed and old consoles not running things well is not abnormal and and it has nothing to do with the overall decision. So maybe there's like a sliver of truth to it, but apparently it's not a big deal and not why they had to delay. Just say poor time management. That's it. That's all I want. Just say it. (laughs) Oh, well. I can't get what I want all the time. True. Uh, Second up, Pokemon Home. They finally detailed what it's going to look like. It is basically like Pokemon Bank. For almost everyone, it should solve the Dexit problem. Um, For a limited time, you can use Pokemon Bank to get things into Pokemon Home, which is, again, just the new version of Pokemon Bank. You do have to pay for it, so of course people are mad. But I don't quite understand why you had to pay for Pokemon Bank, and that was how you transferred things between games before. And now you have to pay for Pokemon Home. It's the same concept. 
I, I think there's just residual degs at anger, but as far as I'm concerned, this is putting it to bed. You can now officially get all of your old Pokemon into Sword and Shield. Yeah. Um, I got to admit, when I was reading more about this, I was hella confused. Just because there's like a smartphone version and a Switch version, and you can, or like a console version, and then you can only like, rotate or like trade Pokemon in certain situations in certain ways. Um, so God bless the Pokemon community. It's not perfect. No, it's not. It's quite like for me, I guess, cause I don't, I've never, I don't, you know, use any of these ecosystems. I'm just like, what the fuck? So I guess a Pokemon player would be less what the fuck. But if you are like me, we'll leave a link to something helpful in the show notes. Cause I was confused as hell. Nintendo is never good about, optimizing things to make it easier to do anything. Yeah. They're not concerned about that. Poor things. Love the Switch, though. It's so much fun. Hmm. Also, to follow up, The Sims is in the news again. Uh, The 20th anniversary of the game was last week, Mm -hmm. and they gave out a free item to everyone, which was an updated item of something that they had you pay for before. And so, of course, everyone was mad. You know, (laughs) I am not surprised to hear that. Yeah, you shouldn't be. We're always mad. Always angry. In the Sims world. Um, But it was met with an earnings call, and there was some interesting news. It basically confirmed a next-gen version of The Sims is in development. So we have to assume The Sims 5. And they said it was going to be online. Oh, because I was about to say, what does a next-gen version of The Sims even look like? Yeah, it looks like online multiplayer. And I bet you're in control of, like, your shit, but everything else is someone else. Massively, massive multiplayer online. It would solve a lot of the problems with The Sims, as far as I'm concerned, mm-hmm. because all of the drama that you manufacture, you manufacture. Right. If I was playing with <laughs> you and you didn't want to go along with something, I could that just I fuck was, shit up. Yeah. So it could like cause chaos that I really can't control. So it's you're you're not like a sing. It's like going from monotheism to polytheism. Is that what you're I, is that I what you're suggesting? <laughs> I that's what I'm suggesting, but we have no fucking idea. It's right. way too early. Well, what what would it, what would what would you want to see? Is that what you would want to see? I think that is the closest approximation of what I'd want to see, mm-hmm. which in a way is almost like a return to The Sims 1. So in The Sims mm-hmm. 1, everything was linear and right. to go from lot to lot, you had to load everything, kind of yep. like the way you have to do it now. I rem- I remember. I played the first Sims. Sure. So in that way, there were places you could go where NPCs were the ones in control. And so if you right. wanted to go to a bakery or whatever, you could do that. Um, and it would be run and, and operated by these NPCs, like nightclubs, the way that nightclubs worked. Is this just going to become Second Life? I Yeah. I mean, Second Life, Club Penguin, like it's the same kind of thing. Oh, my God. So I don't know. It's it's <laughs> it's it's interesting you bring that up because <laughs> they have to innovate on that in some way, right? For it, it to be <laughs> The Sims Five, mermaids, vampires in Second Life. I just feel like it's it's a way to um, bring The Sims into that whole 
um, ongoing game of service. Yeah, like mm-hmm. you never would have to end it in that situation. Well, we know how EA is with their games of service. I will say mm-hmm. good luck to y'all. <laughs> good luck to y'all. <laughs> um, speaking of, we we should just we should just get it out of the way. What should we get out of the way? Because I'm get ready to bleep. <laughs> I think it's big enough for us to mention. It's big enough for us to mention. It is officially being rebuilt, says EA. I read the piece that Casey Dunn posted on the blog. My eyes damn near rolled out of my ass. I, oh, it just was like, we didn't make a finished game. And we just, we've been trying and it's like really hard. It's like more of the same. It's like more of the (laughs) pre-apologizing that they did before the game release. I'm just like, who cares? For all five people flying around on their respective consoles and the one person who's doing it on Stadia, good for them. And it failed. It failed. I like, it's... The only thing that really, really should be saying is we fucked up. We're sorry. Like they need to no man sky this shit. Cause I'm done. I don't care anymore. I mean, that's essentially what they've announced is that they're gonna no man sky this shit. Well, they need to know. They need to do it before <laughs> I give a fuck. Yeah. If they do it, I will gladly take it off the bleep list. But before well, that, we already own it. So assuming they don't make you, if they ask for a dime. <laughs> A single solitary (laughs) dime to play the new version, I will never take it off of the bleep list. That's fair. You know what? I just need, because I kind of need Todd to do this at E3 this year since they're one of the half dozen people presenting at E3 this year. Uh, Just apologize. I mean, that's absolutely coming, I think. And and speaking of... also has this big expansion coming out that's supposed to revolutionize the game. Like, you know, whatever. And they make they're, everyone they're pay $52 dollars for it. Doing it. Yeah. Are they making people pay for it? They are making people pay for the, <laughs> for, for the <laughs> one. No! I think, I think. Oh. I could be wrong. But okay, I'm, we'll, we'll I'm fact check. Sure. We'll, we'll say we're unsure because I don't feel like looking it up right now because I don't, I hate giving airtime to these two games. And now we're moving on. I mean, we didn't even cover the thing that they did where they asked people to pay for a year. Maybe we did cover it. Well, we did know. talk about that. Okay, no, It was very loud, I'm sure. Um, since we're already discussing this, we might as well just jump into the division. Uh, wait, what's the connection here? They announced their big game-saving uh, DLC. But here's the thing. Division 2 wasn't shit. Like, it's not... Yeah, but it it still kind of died. Yeah, it didn't perform well, but it's not because like the devs. True, it did not release Broken. Enough. It yeah. was an incredible game. My number three of 2019. And actually, let me stop. I don't. I'm not blaming the devs for Anthem being bad. Well, I blame, I blame EA. Oh, I blame absolutely the devs, and then EA <laughs> for not allowing them to <laughs> fix their mistake. Okay. They created a pile of shit, and EA forced them to sell it. (laughs) (laughs) 
I mean, on paper, like, I just remember being so hyped and, every, and I'm like, yeah, this sounds like a great game. It's going to change everything. And then, you know, I think that's what we need to stop doing. I think any game that's like, we're going to change the world. It, no, we're not. No one's, no one is. We're going to have, yeah, uh, like, yeah. gamer friend Jen has said, there's going to be, like, two games that exist in the world. <laughs> Battle Royales and Narratives. And single-player narratives. That's it. Shout out to Jen. While you were saying that, I did double-check, and uh, the Wastelanders expansion for fuck is free. Oh, okay. It is free. We love a good fact-checking. We love free. In the episode. And we love a good fact-checking. So, yeah, The Division (laughs) 2, not a dead game entirely, and not because it's bad, just because the end game, uh, we've talked about it. Yeah, we've talked about it. So it's on sale right now for $3. They announced this huge expansion and then said, and we've slashed the price of the game. So if you don't have The Division 2, it is literally $3 right now, and you have no excuse. You should absolutely go buy it. (laughs) Even if you don't buy the expansion, which you will have to pay for, even if you don't buy the expansion, the base game in and of itself is absolutely worth the $60 price tag, and you could get it for three. Three! You should definitely do it. If I had a PC, I'd get it on PC. Why? For for $3. (sighs) Okay. I want to play with PC people. You hate when it's hyper competitive and <laughs> that's what pc is i would do the story well edna's gonna get it and so you can do the story with edna and i'll play through the story with you about, as i've always what, said that I would. what about my brother what about chase shout out to chase game my friend chase chase can get an xbox anyway they <laughs> announced this expansion you're going back to new york in the Division One, the game basically took place between 14th Street and uh, Central Park South. And now you are going to be below 14th Street. So from everything. Jordan, so, I'm sorry. That doesn't mean anyone. That doesn't mean anything than people who are not from New York. Lower Manhattan, where all the really tall buildings are, is where this game is going to take place. You know what I'm, I kind of think of when I think of Lower Manhattan? Mm-hmm. Uh, to completely interrupt you. Yes. Um, I think of Inception. Like, it, it looks very Inception-y. Uh, I don't know why. Okay. Because they're very tall and very close together, you know, when the city's, like, full. I'm like, oh. Mm. Especially if I'm, like, in the Wall Street area. Okay. Which I'm not in there often because I don't have money. But I have a friend that lives there. I'm glad you interrupted me to say that. You're welcome. So, you're going on the hunt for the big bad in the Division One. So the story is finally coming full circle. Mm-hmm. Uh, the beginning of that just released for season one pass holders. I ran through it last night, so I'll talk more about oh, that shit. in the home screen. Um, but the preface for the expansion is already out. I am bought in. They're making a ton of changes that I think could actually fix the problems that they have. Um, and... To my credit, Mm, I called it, just like Destiny, The Division 2 is going seasonal. Oh. And so with the Warlords of New York expansion, which launches on March 3rd, they're going to start their first season. And henceforth, you'll be buying like yearly season passes for the game. I do like The Division... Um, 
but cover bass is is hard to get into sometimes, you know? You know, it's you really— you your head out just a little bit. True. It's worse through the main story because you're not OP in the main story. Mm. When you're in the end game, you're kind of OP. And so <laughs> you don't necessarily have to treat it like a cover shooter um, all the time. Snapping. I mean, yeah. Get it? Kind of. <laughs> get it? Get it? Get it? Uh, so I won't bore anyone anymore with the division talk, but um, I'm very excited and certainly will be spending quite a bit of time talking about Warlords of New York in the home screen once it comes out. Well, all right. The developers behind Untitled Goose Game, and their name is House House because why wouldn't it be? Mm-hmm. They are committing to paying at least 1% of all of their income to pay the rent, which started in Australia to make payments to indigenous groups and criminal justice organizations. 1% of all their income is going to go to this. I think that's dope. It is dope indeed. Uh, I really respect this. Mm -hmm. I think it is the least you can do. I love that they are also doing land acknowledgement in the game. I didn't even know that. I have to play on Title Goose Game. There's no reason at this point. I have yeah, it. We have it. It's free. It was free. It's right there. I have already played some, but not enough to really talk about it. You didn't like it. I, I didn't not like it. I just didn't. You were just it's, like, meh. It, it's fine. It's like exactly what I thought it was going to be. And It's not a capital G game. <laughs> you elitist. That has... <laughs> Nothing to do I with know. it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, no, but this is really awesome to see. Quite honestly, I think all businesses should be forced to do this. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And it shouldn't be like, 1%. It should be like 10%. <laughs> minimum. Minimum. <laughs> minimum. Um, but I'm glad that the that the movement exists. Uh, and apparently it exists in other parts of the world, which is dope. Um, so yeah, go house house. Why are they called House House? I can't I say it without laughing. I just appreciate land acknowledgement in general. And so yeah, just in that the game. is is a beautiful thing. Yeah. Um, but this is taking it further, and they're making a lot of money. So 1% of a lot of money is still, still a lot of money. At. Shit. <sighs> Which I guess is justifying why it should be more than one. But anyway. Well, you know, capitalism. Speaking of capitalism... Warcraft 3 Reforged <laughs> is a huge fucking mess. It's another huge fucking mess for Blizzard. Okay, and I, I'm just trying to get the capitalism connection here. but Oh, the capitalism connection is that because things are such a huge fucking mess, all of the purchasers have been requesting refunds, and at first they essentially were just throwing people out. They were saying, absolutely no refunds. No, no thank you. And stopped even allowing you to request a refund for a while. (laughs) They have since uh, changed course Mm -hmm. and are now automatically processing refunds for anyone (laughs) that requests it. (laughs) That is how bad it is. Damn, like what happened? Warcraft 3 is this super old game, and it is an incredible game. It's one of the first um, of its kind that I played, Mm -hmm. those uh, tactical RTS games like Age of Empires. Age of Empires is the same genre. 
as Warcraft. Or um, what's the big one? Oh, World of Warcraft. That is the big one. World of Warcraft is not Warcraft. Oh, oh, it's World of Warcraft <laughs> is an MMORPG. Oh god. It is based on the lore of Warcraft, which is an RTS. Got it. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Here I am thinking like, oh, it's with the little dudes running around and you gotta point them in the right place. It is. That's what it is. But so that's wait. not what World of Warcraft is. Wait, explain. To- All right, fine. Here we all right. I'm having a casual moment here. <laughs> Lower C casual. Wait, do you not know what World of Warcraft is? <laughs> no, I thought I did. World of Warcraft is the one where it's a bunch of little niggas, and, you know, you have, like, 50 different characters you can pick, and then you just, you know, pick one, and I'm mid, I'm bottom, I'm verse. You know, that that's World of Warcraft, right? <laughs> no! What is that? Okay. <laughs> you're, you're talking about a MOBA. Okay. And... and- the MOBA for Blizzard is uh, Heroes of the Storm, but like Dota is a MOBA and League of Legends is a MOBA. Oh, maybe it's League of Legends. I just remember my college uh, sweet mates playing it so much and I wondered how they got anything done. World of oh, Warcraft make- is you create a character. <laughs> it's oh. like Elder Scrolls Online. Oh, oh. Yes. <laughs> That's what World of Warcraft is. <laughs> I cannot believe that you didn't know. That. Wow, that's embarrassing. That's How embar- do you think they have raids? That's embarrassing for me. A little. They bit. do raids in that game. I mean, that's like the original raids. Oh. I mean, not the original, but kind you, of. You know, Nick, there are too many games. Mm, you should know a little bit more about World of Fucking Warcraft. I never, I never played it. I never played it. Okay. Shout out to the casuals. Out here, Warcraft was the <laughs> was the RTS game uh-huh. that Blizzard made. Yeah, um, Starcraft is the spinoff. Oh, I, I I've heard of that. That's and in that's, space. And yes, that's Warcraft in space. Okay. Um. Anyway, <laughs> Warcraft blue. three came out when I was a kid. Oh, so it's old and as they fun. recently redid it, a la Age of Empires HD. Um, and and the like. Uh huh. But the remake kind of sucks. It it basically is a visual downgrade in some ways. So when you when you zoom in on the characters, there's way more detail and everything looks a lot better. But when you zoom out, which is how you play RTS games, they don't look so good. It looks like marginally better than what it did when it first came out. That's real life. I can't see shit. So. And it's role playing. There's like a bunch of different things that they did with gameplay that don't make any sense. Ultimately, people are mostly pissed that you can't undo it. Once you install this redid version of it, mm-hmm. it is done. You cannot downgrade back to the original Warcraft 3. What if you had a save point on your PC and you told Windows to go back to that? I mean, back up. I think that that is probably a conceivable way so of I, undoing it. There you go. I'm a PC person, so I would know that. Yeah, but then you still want your money back. Oh, right, because you bought it. Right. Yeah. Right. So, 
just a huge mess. Um, it's a little bit old news now. Like now that people are processing refunds, the the fervor has died down about it. Mm-hmm. But I just thought it was important to point out that Blizzard's having not a great, not a great year already, and didn't but have a great year last year. Overwatch Two is coming out, and Diablo Four, the Devil Game. Yeah. Well, neither of them are coming out this year. Oh, that. Oh, I thought Overwatch Two was coming out. This- Wow. I guess it gives me time to play Overwatch. Never got into it. A lot of studios lately seeing some shakeups. Mm-hmm. Rockstar co-founder and the lead writer on basically anything that Rockstar put out, like the original versions, <laughs> is leaving the company. Co-founder of Rockstar Games, Dan Hauser, who bought us greatest hits like Bully, Red Dead Redemption, and Grand Theft Auto has stepped down from the company. Yeah, I uh, don't think there's any particular reason that they gave for it happening. I wonder what's going to happen. When you have a founder who's still actively working on everything you put out and they walk Mm. away, what does that do to projects under development? What does that do to future projects? It's like the Apple question when Tim Cook took over. I mean, they still did the same shit and also took away the headphone jack. So, <laughs> well, what a time. There you go. I think that there's a lot of people <laughs> who would say that Steve Jobs would have never done that. Um, I don't know. Probably. I don't think Steve Jobs. I used to listen to a lot of Apple podcasts. I've since stopped. You don't have to talk to me about it. Oh. <laughs> so, in your opinion, do you think that Steve Jobs would have got rid of the headphone jack? Um. I don't think that he would have, and I don't think that we would have gotten a few of the things that we've gotten. But that's beside the point. The point is that it is kind of a question mark as to what the future of Rockstar is really going to be. Yeah, because, I mean, when you're up that high, especially if you're if you're up that high and you're not a money person, like if you're a CFO, who gives a fuck? But someone who is, like, creative, like, who is leading the vision, who is like, we're going to do this because, in my mind— this makes the most sense, and I have, you know, the power to do that. Um, it's a big, it's a big fucking deal. That was a really horrible way to describe. Uh, we get it. <laughs> it get was, it. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I'm I don't also know. just concerned about the voice moving forward. Mm. I think that you know there are aspects of. GTA, for instance, that are really problematic that a lot of people have complained about, and rightfully so. But I think the writing has always been very satirical in a good way and isn't just poking fun at both sides for the sake of being equal or whatever. Um, I feel like GTA's writing style or, like, their voice fits squarely in between, like, BoJack at its most offensive and South Park when it's being mildly offensive. Yeah, I, you know, I think that's like, right. It's like I could, I'll still like stomach playing the game and not feel too shitty about myself. Right. And they've Usually. talked about how moving forward, they don't really know how they can parody what's happening. That reality is so absurd that parodying it is going to be really difficult. And if someone as experienced as Dan is having trouble and then leaves, you know, is the next gen going to be able to pick that up? So it's a huge opportunity for whoever's going to take over. Yeah, I think the one thing about making how to, you know, I think the one thing about making games, especially AAA ones, that there is so 
many people involved in them that I think it'll be fine. Right. I'm not like worried, you know? Um, Rod Ferguson also made a major announcement. He has basically been with Gears of War since the beginning, since it was an internal Microsoft Studios project. Mm -hmm. Um, The coalition ended up becoming the studio that makes Gears of War content. He stayed even when Epic left and went to do its own thing, which for a lot of reasons was arguably not the best financial decision, Mm -hmm. considering what Epic went on to do. But he stayed with the franchise. He stayed with the coalition, which took up the mantle. And now he's leaving not to do his own thing, but to go run Diablo for Blizzard. I mean, that sounds like a good opportunity for him. Shit. I mean, sure, if you if you think that Diablo is a more respected and storied franchise than Gears of War, which no. I'm sure that PC people would absolutely, hands down, choose Diablo, but I don't know that that's true for console folks. Yeah, I don't know. It sounds like one of those moves where like someone's like, hey, we got big shit over here. We already know you're doing big shit over there, but if you want to do even bigger shit with us, here's some money. I mean, kind of been sick of the franchise or just wanted to move on to something different and was like, fuck it. All those things are totally fair. I don't know. It just seems to me if I was going to make that switch, it would have happened when Epic left. But whatever. Um, good for good for him. We'll see what happens with Diablo 4. Um, I'm very excited for Gears 6 just because maybe it'll get me back into Gears. And Gears 5 didn't do it for you? No. It didn't. Mm. That's sad because I know you really like that franchise. I know. I miss it. I'm so sorry. It's okay. It's okay. All right. Well, we're going to move on. (laughs) (laughs) So sympathetic over here. I know. This is also a little sad. Um, A lot of my childhood was spent playing Flash games in my computer lab. Just your everybody's childhood. We all did that shit. Well, I don't know how old some of these people are. Oh, that's true. I guess we could have some some, some young youngins, young children that don't know Flash. Oh man, Flash! Well, Flash is Shit. dead. It's officially <laughs> being killed out of browsers at the end of this year. No, so no more Flash functionality. I thought Flash was already dead. Like this, I turned it off. I didn't realize it was still going. Like, I feel like a few years ago, someone was people were like, "Oh yeah, Flash is like we're done with that." I'm yeah, I think surprised. people were were decidedly over it a few years ago, but mainstream folks who don't pay attention to that kind of stuff, I'm sure still have it installed. Mm -hmm. Anyway, um, it's going away, and someone, namely Blue Maxima, is running this project called Flashpoint that's going to archive all of these incredible Flash games. Some of them are not incredible, but a lot of them are. (laughs) <laughs> Man, some of those those Flash games were terrible. I should probably fix those and, and swap them. Like, most of them were terrible, and yeah. some of them were really good. <laughs> a lot of them were mindless as fuck. I just remember, like, I don't know why this one sticks out to me, but the ones where you would just, like, be a stick person and just, like, put the stick person through whatever hell and just <laughs> rip them up and tear them apart. It was, I was like, what, what is wrong with 10-year-old me? My favorites were like the stealth 
student stick figure <laughs> missions where you were trying to what? get out of detention and stuff like that. And the teacher, like the teacher had a field of view that you had to avoid when you were going around the room. And so it, <laughs> just nonsense. But um, I'm glad it's being preserved. Fair. Fair. It's a, doing important work. The Library of Flash Congress. Uh, it didn't land. It didn't land. Yeah. We're going to move on to nerddom. You finished The Witcher, finally. I did finally finish The Witcher. I didn't continue it with you. Um, But. A lot of people are watching it. Yes. And a lot of people are playing the game as a result of it becoming popular again. That's right. Are people reading the books? Are we reading books again? I think that they announced a massive reprint of the books. And so, oh. yes. So people will be reading the books. People are reading the books. I buy that book. And now The Witcher 3 is in the top five of Steam games again. Uh, or at least it was recently. It might have fallen out of the top five. You know CD Projekt Red was like, you know what? This is great for us because... We can't put out the game of a generation again this year. So thank God the sales for this other game of a generation just skyrocket it back up. Good for them, I guess. Um, yeah. Shitty people. They definitely probably, they definitely feel pretty good because more people are playing The Witcher 3 now than they've ever played. That's true. That's true. Um, game of a generation. The show, though. Yes. I loved. We've already talked about how you don't like high fantasy that I is love not high fantasy. I like certain high fantasy. Like what? Not Lord of the Rings. It was a smooth name an example. Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones is medium fantasy. Oh, it, oh, oh, okay. The books are high fantasy. The show had barely any magic, and the dragons are like okay, fine. There were so dragons. what's your threshold here? Is like how much magic is in it? And that's how much fantasy it is. Like, give me. I need a. Less fuzzy definition here. Um, I definitely do think that magic has to be a little bit more integral, like some kind of magic system. What about Bran? He, he was all magic and all <sighs> annoying. I mean... The entire last two seasons. Fine. It, fine. Fine. We won't call it high fantasy. Well, fi- all right. Medium fantasy. Casual fantasy. Game of Thrones, to me, was much more about the political machinations and the actual battles and other than the dragons magic did not really seem to play a role in human battles okay but if magic didn't play a high role in game of thrones and explain how they got a starbucks cup from the future (laughs) in their timeline that shit was wild yeah i mean listen they fought an (laughs) army of the dead and that was about as magic as it got. Melisandre coming up and lighting everyone's shit on fire and it <laughs> lasting for three literal minutes was, wild. was as much magic as there was in any of the battles. All right, but, you know, I also think that science is magic and Homeboy scraping oh. off all them scales without, you know, him. Okay. That, was, that was wild and disgusting. The Witcher is... Or the mountain. Absolutely okay. high fantasy because there's a ton of rules. There's a lot of rules in high fantasy that I don't think <laughs> there really were in the TV adaptation of Game of Thrones. Oh, no. There was no, there was a fucking free-for-all. Ask them. So, as like, D&D. witchers have certain things uh, about how they're created. There's 
certain consequences, uh, namely that they can't really feel emotions. The mages are made sterile in some way. Like there's a lot going on in terms of how people are are put into positions that they're put into mm-hmm. in The Witcher. But beyond the setting, I just thought it was a really good mix of magic stuff, um, sword fighting and medieval, you know, combat, mm-hmm. as well as uh, political intrigue. Like a lot of it is kind of a political type of show in a in a way. There's not so much... Uh, who's gonna do what attitude um, mm-hmm. because there's a non-linear story, which is a huge gripe of mine that I'll get to. Um, okay. But overall, I just think it was a good mix of things. It also was very diverse, and there's no reason why high fantasy can't be diverse. Black people didn't exist back then. Yeah. <laughs> Anywhere. Like, if you're cool with a bunch of magical creatures running around, but you're not cool with black people, then you have a bigger problem to think about. And Namely, so, racism. Yeah. The Witcher didn't, <laughs> you know, try and do that. It was like, oh, fictional world with medieval rules and magic? Cool. Black people are around. And it was great. Um, it was just nice to see that we were not just the protector of the queen, even though that trope also uh, played itself out with my husband. Um, in his role, even though he spoke like three lines in the whole series. Well, you can't have it all, Jordan. I know, I can't have it all. Uh, but overall, I just thought it was really solid. The whole thing basically was a setup for the final episode. And the final episode was one of the best, absolute best TV episodes I've ever seen. Um, the fighting in the final episode was remarkable to me because I don't often see... Uh, mages and magicians and things like that fighting in traditional combat situations. Usually they're pitted against one another. Mm-hmm. And this time they were fortifying uh, a choke point essentially held by civilians and going up against this massive army. Okay. And it was just so good what they did and how they did it. If if you know what I'm talking about, I'm trying not to spoil too much, but if you know what I'm talking about and you have other examples of media where mages are used in that way and combat is like that, I want to know about it. I want to watch it. I want to read it. I love that shit. It was so good. It was so satisfying mm-hmm. um, that it wasn't just the magic being used to solve plot issues, but actually, you know, they can fuck some people up. You know, um, that's great. I'm really happy for you and your high fantasy. I, I am I am really happy for you. Thank you. I do have one major complaint. Oh. Um, I've always hated nonlinear storytelling. Why? It doesn't because it's not necessary. If you're telling a good story, then the tension and the resolution should feel good and satisfying on its own. In a linear way. Yes. If you need to <laughs> tease me with something tense then clearly it's not that tense and I can see the twist coming from a mile away. If you tell it in a linear way, I'm really going to be like, oh shit, do they make it out of this? I don't know. I have, (laughs) I don't mean to laugh because laughing at people's opinions is rude. It is is very rude. Um, And yet. I have also never strongly disagreed with you on something ever in my life, (laughs) ever 
<laughs> oh my god. I hate non-linear storytelling <laughs> so much. Just I don't but, care what you no, have no, to say. No. Okay, wait, wait. Do you mean like Oh, like we're in the past, but we don't know that we're in the past until a certain point happens and you realize you're in the present? Or do you mean just like, you know, we're doing a lot of flashbacks, nonlinear storytelling? Like what? Flashbacks don't bother me as much. Like the Orange is the New Black or Lost or whatever, fine. I'm talking about when the cold open is some distressing situation and they leave you on a cliffhanger and then it fades to black and says 48 hours earlier. Fuck off. I hate that shit. I cannot stand it. I know you that was literally the only tactic that private practice used to add tension to the show. <laughs> so I'm sure that like, was fun again, for you. if you can't add tension on your own in a linear way, it's just a cheap trick. All right. I'm to not use gonna, I don't want to get into this too deep because I feel like we're going Okay, I, fine. I, I just don't think The Witcher's storyline lin- was let me, non- no, let me finish my fucking thought. Okay, okay, okay. I just think to decry all non-linear storytelling is 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 bad and wrong. Okay, I think a loud. lot of non-linear storytelling is a crutch and not actually a stroke of genius or necessary. That about- said, okay. The Witcher <laughs> tells things in such a non-linear way that Netflix had to release a timeline because people were fucking confused. There was an episode where it becomes clear that you've been watching the past and not the present or the future. And I was not sure that I was seeing the same characters because I was like not used to them yet. So I was like, oh, is that maybe the daughter as a child? Or like, what? What's going on here? But it was the main characters. Like I, I was so confused. I mean, there's a I think there's a way to do that. It makes it sense at the end of the day because, again, all of the season was setting up for the final episode and all of the timelines converge basically at the end of the second to last episode and then throughout the final episode. I'm Everything just going to have converges. to watch this on my own and just. Yeah, I'd like to like, know oh if my God, you agree I love with, with my critique of it being nonlinear. But to me, it just goes all over the place because. There's not an entire episode that takes place in the past or the future or the present. Literally, there are different storylines being told, and you can be seeing something from all three timelines at once. That sounds amazing. Time is an illusion. <sighs> Whatever. Anyway. Overall, A+. Cannot wait for season two. Very excited. Well, that's lovely. I'm so excited that you're so excited about something. Um, I wish I was excited about the thing that I'm going to talk about. <laughs> which is the CW's <laughs> Crisis on Infinite Earths. <laughs> the last two episodes. Uh, I think it was Arrow and Legends of Tomorrow. <sighs> is right. Because here's the thing. I liked the first three episodes. I did too. I thought they were I thought they were really good, cheesy absolutely, but just enough cheese. It wasn't like a pile of like cheese whiz just like on a plate, but it also wasn't like a nice creamy brie with like some fig jam on a cracker. Like that's I'm not glad what you're going so either. deep on the smell. You know, it was a wonderful like mild cheddar. That I'm gonna have with some softly scrambled eggs, like risotto eggs. Just I can't believe you tried to rush me during the last session. 
I have to fill up time somehow because I'm not going to talk about crisis for that long. <laughs> oh my god. Um. So spoilers, I guess. Uh, in the middle of crisis, Oliver dies. All the you know the world, blow, all the universes get eaten up by the antimatter, and then the paragons, you know, the six superheroes, and that one random dude who was just there. I still I have to look up to see if he's if he's canon, if he's a comic. I just per, like I don't I have no idea. Anyway, uh, they reset their timeline, and then all their universes get flattened. So now Arrowverse is finally under one Earth. Thank the good Lord. That shit was exhausting to watch crossovers and be like, hey, <laughs> we got to hop over to this universe and it's super easy for us to do that so we can get some other heroes. I was like, oh, fine. Um, and yeah, so like the universe is flattened and they're like, oh my God, that's cray cray. And, you know, then Oliver's like dead, dead, for real, for real. And, you know, he's like, everyone's like sad and flash or whatever. Um <sighs> I don't know. the The first three episodes were really good, and I, the last two, this it just it really fell flat on its face for me. It seemed, it, <laughs> it <laughs> they were just like, all right, let's flatten the universes, and then like let's keep going, and they just like tripped over themselves. It seemed like the the last episode was just a regular episode that ended with like a, a bow, but for most of it, it was just like. A shitty filler episode. Yeah, it just it didn't feel great. None of it felt great. And then you're like going back through all these moments that like we're supposed to care about, and we're just like zip- it just like it felt like if like Endgame did the time traveling thing badly. Mm. Like what Endgame, it was like just enough for me to be like yay, but th- I don't know. I just wasn't feeling it. It was just like a little too much. Like you know, the universe is just held together by strings of hope and willpower and i just felt like i was like watching an episode of care bears at some point um which is fine i guess some of it is is corny as fuck but yeah honestly like you know if you love that you probably watched it already so who gives a fuck what i have to say <laughs> um so yeah what we'll is start. next for your beloved arrowverse didn't arrow end arrow's done yeah although Big, 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 big spoiler alert. Wah, 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 wah. Um, Dickle found a Green Lantern ring. That's how they ended the <laughs> era, which I guess is cute. So he might show back up again, which is a complete departure from the original character. Whatever, I'm fine with that. Um, I don't know, and I guess everyone's just going to keep on keeping on with Oliver. Hmm. Um, I think everything got renewed for new seasons. Um, oh, one good question that you did because oh, I love the Ezra Miller cameo. That was real. That was a bright spot. And you know, you were like, "Wait, if Ezra is in here, then uh, if they flattened the DC universe, did they flatten everything?" And no, they didn't. Arrowverse is known as Earth Prime, Titan, Star Girl. Um, what's the other one? Doom Patrol, all of them, they all exist on their own Earth still. Which was, I'm so, you like asked that immediately after they after they revealed that it was flat. And you're like, wait, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> and then that and then that scene happened where they show everyone like dancing around or whatever in their respective Earths. And, you, and I was like, oh, okay, thank God they answered this question. Um, which I still think is like super dope that like, like Doom Patrol is never going to have anything to fucking do. Or like Titans is never going to have anything to do with the Arrowverse. But like, it was just nice to see 
all of the callbacks. I mean, even like the really old, super old, super old DC shit throughout. It was just really nice to see. Um, I mean, this is, I mean, at this point, you know, Berlanti's uh, production company is producing fucking everything that <laughs> is DC TV related. Earth Prime or not. Um, but, you know, what's next for Alvarez? I don't know, man. I'm not keeping up with it. Oh, that's news. I mean, I it's all the same show to me. Like, I couldn't even really get the pro, like I couldn't get into even, like Black Lightning because it just felt like the same show. And now it's like Black respectability politics on top. And I'm just like, I'm just tired of the conversation. It's like authority, freedom, I hate slavery. Like, I I'm sick of it. I just I. <laughs> Not with superhero. I like. I just not even like. I need it like as an escape. Like I, I, of course, I want to watch black people be superheroes. But can I not have like the whole fucking like black struggle? There seems to be a level of corniness (laughs) in the Arrowverse that I think if the Arrowverse existed on Netflix, there would not be. It's just too much. It just it comes off as exactly the level of budget that it is. And not a cent more. No, not a, not a dime more. <laughs> I mean, that's the best way to put it. I, look, I love the shows. I spent a long time with them. I'll keep up with like the crossovers, sure. Which I, the meta crossover jokes in that last episode or the last two episodes was a bit much. It was a bit. I didn't get any of them, so it was fine. Okay. I was fine with it because I didn't know. No. Um, but you know, however, like I said. You like you are if you watch Arrowverse. I feel like Arrowverse people love the fucking Arrowverse. It's great. Don't listen to me. Who cares what I have to say? People seem to really love Black Lightning and and in general the Arrowverse. So I don't, I don't want to get their they, yum. Yeah, I am excited that they threw that black man with the rest of them though, because that was frustrating. Yeah. Um, Birds of Prey came out. It did. It seems to be Captain Marveling the internet. I, you know, I can't wait to see it. We're gonna go see it before our next episode, so we'll we'll keep you appraised of how we feel. I feel like the like everyone's been saying, "Oh, this movie is for the girls and the gays," and all the girls and the gays love it, and like everyone who does not fall into that category, I've just been like, "This movie sucks," and da 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 da. It does seem pretty clear that certain people uh, seem predisposed to disliking it and certain people seem predisposed to liking it. Because it's a DC property, I'm ready to give my unadulterated and completely unbiased opinion. As you always are with DC media. I love Harley Quinn. Okay. Um, Look, I, I was ready to go with the trailer. I was like... Okay, this is this looks like it's gonna be fun either way, uh, whether it's good or bad. So did Suicide Squad. No, this is this is not Suicide Squad. I actually want to go see this one. Like I feel like Suicide Squad, I Those knew trailers even before I want to go see it. Oh no. And then nope. the reviews came out and I not said, me. You know what? No, thank you. I took one look at that version of Joker and was like. Well, fair enough. That was ridiculous. Not me. Couldn't be me. Um, anyway, I'm excited. Uh, can we go to Alamo? And I can get a Harley Quinn themed. Doctor Who <laughs> is uh, maybe good again. And I'm relying on the audience to tell me 
if I should pick it up. Um, okay. It seems like it could be getting good again. There's a black woman doctor, and now they're running around time together, and maybe it's the same doctor in a future iterate. Like, who knows what's going on? I don't, and that's why I'm asking. Is it good? I, I see people talking about it, and I want to I wanna know what's going on. I used to watch it. But I used, I tried to get into Doctor Who and watch like the first three episodes starting from like the beginning beginning. Oh no, that's aw- don't do that. Wow. The very beginning with Christopher Eccleston is unwatchable as far as I'm concerned. There we which go. is blasphemy. <laughs> People will come for my fucking neck. People love Rose. At big underscore Nakuma. <laughs> I tried it. I couldn't get into it. I very I very quickly left watching that, so that's where I'm at on Doctor Who. I have a few episodes for you to to see if you'd be interested in it, because there are some really good like one-off episodes. There really are. Um, Mythic Quest came out. Oh yes, that really confusing thing that debuted at or was announced at E3, and we're like, is this a TV show? Is this a game? Yeah. Why is during this Ubisoft for some reason? It was so weird. Oh, I think Ubisoft is the the developer in the game, or like the company in the game, that they actually are in the show. Like for real? Yeah, like they're just using Ubisoft's name. Oh, I, well, maybe it's a game studio making a game called Mythic Quest, and we haven't watched it because we don't have Apple TV Plus. But I do intend to watch it whenever we pull the trigger on that. Can I just say something? Really, I think I have a year of Apple Plus waiting for me because I bought an Apple product in the past year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I hope that didn't go away yet. Well, you should check on that because if it goes away, we should activate it. But if it doesn't go away, then I'm happy to wait until there's more stuff to see. Fair. I just like it. It really is telling that I had this. I had this knowledge that I had a free year of Apple TV, and still didn't activate it because I didn't care. Mm. Apple TV pickings are. I mean, plentiful. <laughs> It's a comment. It's a comment. Take it as you want. No. Disney Plus news. Uh, Mandalorian season two, October. Very fast. That's, they were like, we need to keep the it's retention. Like retention. Level. Yeah. Um, so that's exciting. We don't know anything about it, but it's coming back. The kid. I love him. I hope he's doing well. We're going to watch Baby Yoda grow up. Marvel released uh, an ad, I guess, a teaser. At the Super Bowl. And it involved footage from the first three shows that are going to come out. I didn't watch it. Oh, you didn't? No. Should I? It's really just like a teaser. There's nothing substantive. It's not like a trailer. Okay. I did see the screenshot of uh, Sam and Bucky doing the handshake together, and everyone thought about the meme of like the black arm and the white arm. <laughs> Solidarity. <laughs> that was funny. Um, they also uh, did clarify some release dates. Mm-hmm. So Falcon and the Winter Soldier is coming in August. Wonderful. And WandaVision is December. Basically, they have us locked in from August. And actually, sooner if you think about, if you want to think about the movies, it's going to be Black Widow. And no. Then, oh, we're not thinking about the movies? I mean, I'll see it in theaters. What do I need to have? Oh, no, I'm not, I'm not saying you don't have to. You don't have, I'm just saying like Marvel just generally. Got just it. doesn't take Got the it. foot off of our necks. Um, speaking of Sam Raimi of the original Spider-Man trilogy that started all this superhero fucking nonsense is mm, did it. no oh, 
Yeah. The Batman movies, don't you think? No. No. Uh... I mean, I think... Yeah, like the Batman movies, sure, but I don't think we were making superhero movies. I don't think we were thinking of them as like a genre of their own and how they're made in the in the way that they are now. Mm, I think Spider Man is a comment that of girl. youth. Oh, we are four years apart. Don't do that. <laughs> do not do that. All right, so what is your kickoff movie? The Batman movies. Which ones? Nolan's? No, like Tim Burton's. Absolutely not. No. Are you kidding? We're going to have to come back to this because I just want to see some dates. I'm going to see, I want to look at some dates. <laughs> Superhero movies were consistently being made after the Tim Burton movies. Yeah, but not at the level. I mean, because it, it is like, it's like Western level amount. What you're describing is the most successful franchise that started the craze versus the beginning of the modern view of superhero movies. So basically you're saying that the difference here is like saying that like Kanye West started all this sad boy hip hop music with all the singing and shit with 808 to Heartbreak but really it was T-Pain's rapper turned singer. Shout out to the nod that set that whole shit off. For real, for real. Years oh, prior. sure. Is that the... Is, is if that, that makes trying? you feel... I, I do understand where you're coming from. I don't feel strongly enough about it to agree or disagree with that specific statement, but I will uh, concede that you have the right idea. And that Cuddy basically is like the be- is like, you know, the first, is like Iron Man 1. Like, we don't always go back to it in the way, like, we go back to it for nostalgia. It's, you know, the whole game is totally different from what, that first album was, but man, did it really just change the game for everyone popping out of that craze. You know, to use I mean? that same analogy, yes. Like if Spider-Man, if Sam Raimi's Spider-Man was Iron Man one, then the Batman, Tim Burton's Batman, was Spider-Man. Yeah, okay, I get what you yeah, yeah, we are. We're just you're going one step back. I get it. I get it. Okay. I still want to check some dates. Okay. And just general, I want to do some research. Okay. Um, I think it's still rumored. I don't think he's actually signed no, on confirmed. to the project. Oh, it's, it's confirmed. confirmed. I'm excited. I'm. I think you Did know. Did you get to even finish it? You said of Spider-Man fame, and then we, I think, devolved. Oh yeah, but well, yes, we did. Um. So right, Sam Raimi is going to be directing Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Indeed. Which is exciting. I think. We've been, it's been something, I, it's not what I expected. It's not what I really wanted. Well, Feige got his uh, superhero origin movie making story uh, with Spider-Man, with Sam Raimi. Oh, that's cute. Got, gave his mentor a job. I don't know if I would say mentor, but. Well, um, inspiration. <laughs> I mean, Sam Raimi is probably fucking fine. Like, he's fine. I'm very excited about it. Um, I love the Spider-Man movies. I love them. Even three, like three is Whoa. way worse than one and two. It is way worse. You said, and there are some really cringy wait, wait, moments wait, wait, wait. in three. Stop. But three is talking. not as bad as people remember it. He said, I love all of the movies, even three. I do. I do. All right, we got to cancel the. Podcast. I love Spider-Man 3 the way that I also love Jurassic Park 3. Like, clearly... 
the worst, if not the second worst, depending on how you feel about Fallen Kingdom, um, Jurassic Park movie. But you know, it, you, it's still part of the original trio. Like you gotta, you gotta love it. Okay, we all right. We're canceling Game of Friends. It's been a fun, <laughs> been a good two years. <sighs> Last up, the Oscars. Um, I hate watched them. No, I'm kidding. Um, I didn't want to give them any extra views, so I watched them at an Oscar party. Mm-hmm. Um, only seeing two of the movies that were awarded. I saw Joker, and I don't remember the second one. Whatever. Uh, I just didn't want the Joker to win anything, much less best score. Ugh. This score didn't do shit. We talked about it last week. Ugh, whatever. I don't get it at all. I just, I don't get it. Um, but mainly the point that I, I wanted to talk about really was that people are now saying that Phoenix has dethroned Ledger as the best Joker. And I'm here to say that that is the wrong take. (laughs) And here's why. Ledger was acting with all these heavyweights. All those, all the actors in there were big fucking names. And who do you remember from The Dark Knight? Because I tell you what, it's not Batman. Ledger's performance made me go, Christian Bale, who? Sorry to this man. I don't mean to sound ridiculous, but I don't know him. Mm. Now, Joaquin Phoenix, it's the movie is all about the Joker. It's yes. him. Also, wasn't written nearly as well as Nolan's Joker. Just mm-hmm. And not to be like a purist, like, oh, he wasn't comic accurate. Joaquin's Phoenix um, performance is not what I didn't like about the Joker at all. He did a great job, given what he was given. But man, Ledger, he made me forget I was watching a Batman movie. I think it's clear that the Joker was a character study in a way that the Dark Knight was not. Right. It was just the Joker. It was a different movie. I'll, I can acknowledge that. Different form. I think they were both great performances. I'm glad yes. that they both were recognized for it. I don't know that what I think often Oscar bait, you know, kind of gets made fun of for is exactly what the Joker fell into, which is like a dude contorting himself and making weird motions while sad music plays is not like I'm a best actor kind of thing to me. It just... It seems to me like that's the kind of shit that is is getting looked at as brilliant and amazing, and I don't I don't understand I don't that at all. Like when Heath Ledger gives the first like speech to those uh, mob uh, bosses in that room in the in the back of that kitchen, fucking like that was an incredible situation. That was an incredible brilliant. piece of of acting, and and you felt there in the room. And not to take that away from Joaquin Phoenix, but I feel like the whole movie was so tone-specific. Mm-hmm. And as long as he matched that tone, it was going to come off well. Yeah. Whereas Heath Ledger could have done any number of things with that role and chose to do what he did, and I think did an incredible job. So... uh. Hats off to both of them, but I agree with you. I don't think that this dethrones Heath Ledger in any way. 
Yeah, I was. I'm just being a little petty, but it's fine. If um, anything, it proves that you can do a good Joker performance without dying. True. Also, one other note of pettiness. I I did. Someone made the comment that like Jared Leto must feel like shit because he is like sandwiched in between act. two Oscar winning Joker <laughs> performances, <laughs> and that's, that's funny. <laughs> I didn't think about that. That's. <laughs> Damn, I can't take credit for that one though. It's one of those like um like superhero meme Instagram accounts that, you know, Instagram knows that I like mm-hmm. superhero shit, so it shows me that nonsense. Anyway. Uh why don't you drop some music? I think that's doable. Let me run through uh, some games that I've been playing really quick before we talk about Apex Season 4, and then I'll talk about Death Stranding. How about that? That sounds like a plan to me. So I downloaded PUBG specifically to play that new map. Mm -hmm. The controls are completely unplayable in comparison to Apex Legends. I played exactly (laughs) one match. I couldn't stand it. I saw barely any of the map, and I uninstall the game again. I don't think you gave it a fair shot. I can't play by myself. And it's the little things about Apex Legends that make it so incredible and make PUBG awful in comparison. For instance, when you are looting attachments for your guns, they don't automatically attach. You have to go into your inventory. No, 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 no. I forgot we used to do that. Yes. We used to have to... Atta- oh my you god! Have to individually attached things. Oh my god! Onto your guns. Oh my god! Really? And then oh when you no. pick something up off of the floor that could replace the thing, it doesn't even do that. It doesn't automatically replace it either. What the fuck were we doing? What were we doing? There's just any number of little things that make it, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, Does fucking Does PUBG have a story mode now? No. Am I making that up or a narrative thing? I have no idea. I don't think, I think you are making it up. I feel like I'm going to just download it just to peruse again and see if I agree with you. I just feel like it can't be that bad. I feel like I'm being dramatic. The new map is really small. That's saying a lot. I feel like I'm being dramatic. Mm. Well, I don't think I'm being dramatic. It was awful. (laughs) Um, The Division 2 will all be playing a lot more of it when Warlords of New York comes out, the new expansion on March 3rd. But for now, Jack and I just ran through the two new missions that got released. You are in New York City. You're in Coney Island specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, our critiques of the last few missions that they've released are that they're super long. And so when I said, oh, we can just run through them really quick, it'll only take three hours. Like, that was a joke because the last time new content came out, it really did take us like three hours to play through two missions. It was nuts. I, wait, but isn't that what you want? I mean, yeah, but if it's not set to a really high difficulty, I don't think a mission should last that long. Like a 45-minute mission is a very long mission, not in a single-player game, and not set at, like, legendary difficulty. Okay, that's fair. 
That's fair. This was a lot more doable. It was two missions. We probably got through both of them in about 45 minutes. Uh, much more reasonable. They were mm-hmm. a lot of fun. They set up the story for Warlords of New York. And uh, I'll hold the rest of my piece until that comes out. Because for right now, it was just it was just good to be back in the saddle. Good to be uh, headshotting folks with the, with the bolt action snipers. Just mm-hmm. like, ugh, just love playing that game. I love it. More to come. Okay. Mm-hmm. We've a- both been playing Apex. The new season have. came out. Um, you've been playing more than I have, which Barely. annoys me. Barely. Mm-hmm. So Revenant is here. Here he, indeed. How do you feel about Revenant? Um, I think he he hmm. personally, I don't like him. Okay. Uh, he makes a lot of annoying comments. He's very ungrateful. You say thank you, he's like piss off. I don't like that. <laughs> it makes me angry at the people I'm playing Espe- with. You know, especially if I'm playing with a random person. I'm like, oh, this person's an ass. And I'm like, wait, they have no control, absolutely none, over how the character responds and interacts with the characters. I'm like, he's such a jerk. Um, personal feelings aside, mm-hmm. uh, playing him, I don't know if, if he's going to be uh, my thing for me. What does uh, he do? His tactical uh, ability is that he shoots basically like a grenade. And if it hits you or like your general, very close general area, um, it takes away your character's ability to use any of their tactical or their ultimate skills. I actually think it takes away the passive too. I think it does too, yeah. Um, For a certain amount of time, which could be great. It could like, I could, if you AMS shit right, you could really fuck up somebody's day. Especially um, if they're using an ultimate or a tactical in battle. Yeah, like you hit that with Gibby, you hit that with um, Watson, you fucking up a whole team. That is just done. Uh, which I love to see. I love things that you know shift the meta. Right. Um. So that's cool. His ultimate puts out what's called a death totem, and it's just like this metaphysical <laughs> thing mm-hmm. that's just saying any character can go up and touch it, and it gives you death protection. So you can run out into the world, get shot up until you have one health left on your bar, and then it takes you, transports you back to where the death totem is. It's actually very helpful. It's very, it's extremely tactical. You can only, which I thought this was interesting, you can only use it, you only have death protection, but so close to the totem. Like if you go super far away from it, you lose it, and then you eventually will lose it after a certain amount of time. Um, I thought it was actually very slick of them to give us that mechanic in the Halloween mode, basically. So we're, like, yeah. used to seeing it. Um, it's very sneaky. Respawn, we see you. And we love it. Keep it going, girl. And his passive is that he's super quiet. Uh, his footsteps don't make a lot of noise. Um, and there has been, especially when we first were playing season four, uh, he'd just be popping out of nowhere and scared the fuck out of me. He also moves faster when crouched and climbs higher yes. than anyone else. Twice as high, I think. Um, I think he's cool. He's not a character that I've played a lot, especially since other people have been shotting him first when we play, you know, either with random people or if I play with uh, my, my group. Um, I don't think I really, I don't know. I don't think I really want to, but like, I might in three months be like, yo, he's the best. Like, I feel so much differently about Caustic now. I don't know why, but I just love playing as him now. Yeah, Caustic definitely got a glow up, I think. 
Oh, yeah, true. You know, certain nerfs and buffs did happen with the new season. Uh, Bloodhounds buff with the Beast of the Hunt. You can keep... Uh, it lasts, I think, what, for 30 seconds total? Or 20 seconds? But if you knock someone down, you get another five seconds added to it. So... Bloodhound might be the new meta. There's a bunch of uh, mm-hmm. new changes. I like all of them. I also don't love Revenant. Um, I haven't played much with him yet. I I, I want to play enough to feel effective because the totem can be really good to push people with if everyone's coordinated and willing to use it. I think right. that it's definitely a team uh, kind of character. You don't want to use him with randoms, in my opinion. You just yeah. can't coordinate enough. I wouldn't even want to use him in duos on like this Valentine's agreed, Day agreed. duos event. Agreed. Um, the map is fun. I like the new changes. Um, I have fallen to the lava running around because I forget that there's now lava where there used <laughs> wasn't. Uh, but what's cool, I, I, what I do think is nice is that you don't automatically die. You like have to jetpack jet back up but lose health while you're doing that, Yeah, which I appreciate because I've walked into it quite a few times. Anyway. Um, finally, I have been playing and finally finished Death Stranding. I don't know if playing is the right word <laughs> for you to use. I mean... I, you seem pretty miserable. I might say suffering through is the better, more appropriate phrase to use here. Um, here's the thing. It is a walking simulator. It becomes a driving simulator mm-hmm. at Love some it. point. The evolution. I think maybe not everyone chooses to do that. Um, I, I'm looking online Wait. and I see people you know, going through missions and stuff, and they're not always in a vehicle, and I made sure that I was always in a vehicle. I feel like I would do that, too, as soon as I had the option to drive around instead of walking. Yeah, that's just, like, I, real life. Like, I, don't, I don't get it, but maybe I'm in the minority. It just made everything super easy, and so everything was progressing like normal. You just make deliveries. You go from one place to another, and then you're trying to connect up the chiral network from coast to coast. You start in D.C. basically, and the endpoint is in L.A. The subplot of this whole thing is you're going to rescue the president's daughter from terrorists. And, of course, because it's a Hideo Kojima game, no one is who they say they are, except quite literally everyone is who they say they are because their names are exactly what you need to know about them. So there's Die Hard Man. Can't imagine what might happen there. Um, Heartman, who has a heart condition, or Bridget, who found no, not bridges. The bridge. Oh God, God, <laughs> motherfucker! <laughs> Dead man, who is not really alive. Like, what about the- Sam? <laughs> Sam is just Sam. <laughs> <laughs> these are not. Um, these are not subtle hints uh-huh. about. What's going on? Oh, I missed the most obvious one, which is Fragile. There's literally someone named Fragile. And she keeps saying, I'm fragile, but I'm not that fragile. Like, it's it's exhausting. <laughs> so you keep making deliveries, and then you run into these, like, phantom things, and eventually you can kill them. And once you can kill them, 
they don't really get in your... They're more annoying. Mm -hmm. Like, at a certain point, the game to me was, wow, I really just want to get there as fast as possible, and these things are more in my way than actually scary or challenging, even. Right. Um, Much in the same way that, like, in Destiny, you run past packs of ads after a certain point. You don't try to kill everything because you recognize it's always going to come back Mm -hmm. and it's always going to be there. It's always going to be in your way. This is kind of the same thing. Um, I did find the actual core delivery gameplay loop to be an interesting one. Mm. So you can, you know, pack up your bike or your car um, or your person in whatever way you want. You can bring your own gear along with what you're supposed to deliver. Um, the death stranding is like too stupid to even explain, but what it <laughs> leaves behind is what you kind of have to deal with, which is this rain that advances the time of everything it touches. So if you get your skin exposed to this rain, your hand is going to age, for instance. Or if uh, you leave a motorcycle out in the rain, it is going to rust and break down. Over time. So the main challenge of the game is staying out of the rain and avoiding the monsters. Other than that, the terrain is the biggest antagonist in the game. (laughs) That's that is a sentence. (laughs) It's true. Your worst enemy in this game is the terrain. At a certain point, the game says, you know what? Fuck off. We're not delivering a single fucking thing anymore. And then it becomes a combat game. Oh. All the while, Mm -hmm. you are getting bits and pieces of this clearly flashback memory of the baby that you're strapped around with. The BB. Yeah, the BB. So you're getting all these memories from from this BB. But... They're like 10 seconds long, and you're not really getting a lot of context, and it doesn't make a lot of sense. As you go through the game, you're kind of slowly realizing, hey, maybe things aren't what they seem to be. And then at the end of the game, when you're actually done playing the game, quite literally a 40-minute-plus cutscene begins. That is, that, is, that is too much. It was, um, it was nuts. And it was the clips that you were watching throughout the whole game, but filled in. And so it was essentially the catalyst for the whole game. So basically Hideo Kojima made you play a video game and watch a weird movie. Yes! That is exactly what it is. And the thing is, I thought in the back of my mind that this could be what was going on, but I didn't say it because I didn't play the game and I didn't know. But everyone who was like, oh my God, this is so brilliant. They're maybe not the people that I would want in my house during the end of the world. And what I mean by that is this, this like blind optimism that kind of comes out of nowhere is is not reflective of our reality and in and in a lot of ways this game to me was like a call for respectability 
in a oh, lot of ways. Interesting. Like, oh. do I have to play it now? No, you don't. You don't I promise <laughs> you, you don't have to play it. It it's just like no. Hideo, actually joining hands and singing Kumbaya is not going to solve all the world's problems because there are significant differences. That's an interesting takeaway. Because I just remember, because I think we linked also to the girlfriend review when people were talking about it, and she was all about that message. Yes. And you're like, no. Literally, the character progression in this game is the main character going from someone who hates everyone and is isolated because of shit that happened to him. And now he's being forced into literally connecting what remains of the United States after this cataclysmic event. And there's no interrogation of whether or not the United States deserves to keep going or what role they may or may not have played in like the end of the world and there's there's no there's no like thought about what could be going on elsewhere in the world like why is America the only place where this matters and where this is happening that's interesting because that sounds pretty tame for Hideo Kojima story well i'm 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 not really spoiling the plot points it's batshit nuts what what the actual (laughs) plot is but the bottom line is i was not like moved by what the message of the game was okay i was more like oh yeah that makes sense like he went through these experiences and so now he's more willing to you know sing kumbaya with everyone okay but here's the important question is Death Stranding a good game? I love it. I love asking <laughs> questions like this. Death Stranding was very interesting to me <laughs> for about three hours of the total playtime. That's actually. Even rougher than to just say, wow, Death Stranding was an interesting experience. You're like, Death Stranding was an interesting experience for literally, like, 5% of the whole time it took me to play it. The beginning, I was pissed off because the story didn't make any sense, and I hate feeling, as we know, know, I don't like... Non-linear. I don't like it. I don't like it. And then, once you get into the groove of it, and you're delivering stuff... Mm -hmm. Then you're like, oh, yeah, cool. And then you're getting upgrades, and they're very helpful. And at a certain point, they become too helpful. And so once it's easy to accomplish your goals, then the fun kind of dies down again, and it's just literally you're you're making deliveries, and there's nothing exciting about that. Right. And because the story is so convoluted and so weird— I never got engaged with it. So at the end, it felt like, dude, if you just wanted to make a movie, make a movie. Why did I have to play 20 hours to see this movie? Just just make the movie. Yeah. The movie would have been far more interesting. I would have been more engaged because all of the bullshit that I had to sit through would have been cut out. And so I would have (laughs) just gotten the protein and didn't have to deal with all the fluff. That would have been, to me a wise way of going about this is just making it a movie. So I I don't know. I can't recommend this game. (gasps) And not even in a bad way. Like I just don't want anyone to have to spend money 
to have that experience, if you can get your hands on it deeply discounted, then I think it's worth checking out to see what's going on. And I made an active choice. Like, I could have stopped. You could have. And I didn't stop because I was like, you know, I I am hooked enough that I want to see how he digs himself out of this narrative hole. Or did you feel bad because it was a gift? You felt you had I did also feel a lot of pressure mm. to finish because it was a gift. That's... mm. But... Let me put it this way. I wouldn't have um, never played it again. I probably wouldn't have tried to finish it as quickly as I did right. if it wasn't a gift. That plays a role. You gotta, you're gotta. you not a Kotaku writer, so you got to be transparent <laughs> about these right. things. Like, looking back on that review video that we watched that was an hour long— and how blown away he was by the end of it and how, like, it was the... I don't fucking understand that at all. I don't get it. It's very interesting because, you know, as we all know, uh, you're black. You're a socialist. I, I do think that has a lot to do with it. <laughs> I really do. I And, like, I'm not... And, you know, I'm not trying to prescribe any... Um, Identifiers with what you know people. I mean, Hideo is a leftist himself, personally. Right. I just think it's. I don't know. I I'm. I'm just interested in hearing what more people have to say about. I don't even give a fuck about playing this game, but I am. It what people, how people have reacted to it, and you know, yeah, what people are saying about it is immensely interesting to me. And to be quite honest, now I think about it, you are the first black person that I heard talk about this game. What I'm really upset about, actually, is that I think the 40-minute cutscene at the end that explains everything is actually pretty straightforward and not that hard to follow. Mm -hmm. And that core story that it's telling, like, there's a lot of superfluous stuff throughout the game. Mm -hmm. But that core story about Sam, about the BB, and about the flashbacks, that is a good, solid story. And I kind of just wish that it was either a TV show or a movie. Damn. It will not be changing my 2019 Games of the Year list. That's rough. No retroactive changes. I knew that even when we recorded it. <laughs> <laughs> but you acted like you didn't. I did act like I didn't. And we appreciate that. I was like five hours in and I was like, I don't think this is going to be my Game of the Year. Wow. <laughs> but I mean, like, when you know, you know. Like, yeah. You know. Also, can I just say the weird shit was really fucking weird? It was so weird. <laughs> Like blood grenades and shit grenades and piss grenades and shower grenades. Shower grenades? Wait, there was... You get a grenade for going to the bathroom, number one, going to the bathroom, number two, and taking a shower. Each is a different kind of grenade that you get. And blood is the most effective weapon that you have in the game. You have blood bullets. You have blood rockets. You have blood grenades. It's fucking nasty. Any... Any... Grenades. I'm and that was a show. <laughs> no. I'm not that gonna, was a I'm not, show. I'm not going to say that. I'll bleep it. <laughs> Should I bleep it and we just keep going? Oh, my God. Well, um, I guess that was a show. Uh <laughs> I'm embarrassed for me. Please. I hope my family never finds this podcast. Tell specific 
friends now that you <laughs> know <laughs> what happens in this show. Tell some specific gamer friends. Um, um, and subscribe, rate, and review on your whatever of choice. What, what are you saying? Choice? Yeah, that one. <laughs> app yeah. of choice. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been great. It's been fun. Uh, this was a lot. I, I felt. I felt good. And thanks for uh, sticking around. This is officially us entering year three. We've done fifty-two episodes over two years, so that's one every two weeks. Yeah, this I guess, is now fifty-three. I guess we should. Yeah, that's a milestone. Uh, so if you've been an OG gamer friend, we really appreciate y'all. We do indeed. Um, you should let us know if you've been an OG gamer friend. We would love to know that. We would actually love to know that. We can't do and maybe just shout outs. I would maybe some shout outs. Let's shout some people out. Well, we'll we'll talk about it a little more next episode. We got some some housekeeping that we're going to discuss. Ooh, indeed. I love I love. Is it? Well, it's a little too early for spring cleaning, but you know, same. Not in New York. It's. It's been hot as hell. Well, we'll see you in about two weeks. See y'all. Deuces. Bye.